Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 115 of the Australian Hiker podcast. And in this episode, we continue our series of interviews we recorded recently at the Outdoor Retailer Australia show in Melbourne that was held in mid-July 2019. In this episode, we have six interviews that we'll bring to you. And the first is John from Wilderness Wear. And Wilderness Wear produces a range of high-quality high outdoor clothing and uh, a lot of it is um, merino and the wool is sourced from Tasmania. So it's great to see Australian producers. So we're here talking to John Pote from Wilderness Wear. Uh, we interviewed John last year in relation to the Wilderness Wear uh, clothing range. Uh, we've come back to talk to him again this year about uh, new product and they've had a few changes over the past year uh, about where they're heading and uh, and what the, what a great new product they've got coming on on the line. So thanks for taking the time, John. Right. Thanks for the opportunity, Tim. Okay, so what uh, what's new and exciting with Wilderness Wear this year? Well, I suppose the most exciting thing from our perspective is the consumer and the retailer looking at more of the values of the brand rather than just the specific product. Uh, in the past there's been a cringe mentality about Australian made but now with the media focus on, on plastics in the ocean, pollution, um, where it's made, what it's made from is sort of in the the front of thinking of, of the consumer. It's it's not a discretionary spend anymore. Uh, they they want to know these things. And that certainly helps us as a brand because we, we have a true and transparent supply chain from the wool grower to the to us being self manufacturers. I think one of the things that people that are familiar with the brand, they would realise that uh, on the wilderness wear packaging and primer material, they talk about 200% Australian, so Australian owned and Australian made. So that's a, that, that is a rare combination. A lot of Australian manufacturers, a lot of Australian owned companies, but they getting the two together is a, is a rare commodity. Well, that, that's true, and, and we're thinking maybe we should up it to 300% because... You know, all of the merino does it's certified tasmanian certified non-mules uh, so we, we're thinking we might say we're 300 percent australian now sounds good so what uh, what uh, what change actually before we talk about any new product what have been the changes that have occurred with the wilderness where over the last 12 months uh, i believe you've got a new sock machine that you've been put, turning uh, out some new patterns with yeah, not not a sock machine mm. as such but a new sock press yep uh, and these are the, the owner of Wilderness Wear, Philip Endersby. So we're 30 years this year um, manufacturing locally, and which isn't easy um, with the tsunami of imports that come into the country. Uh, so it's, it's fantastic that Phil is still reinvesting into the brand um, with, with new equipment. Uh, so it's it's a new uh, sock press that was installed six months ago now, and uh, it just helps the finish of the, the the socks. And certainly, I've noticed in the last twelve months, you've gone from 
I suppose a not quite the right term, but a bit more conservative sort of look. The old traditional wool socks. To, there've been some quite leery colours and patterns that are coming on on the market. So, um, yeah, yeah, I suppose people either like them or don't. Uh, but I must admit, they, it, it helps to create a bit of, bit of a difference in the market. Look, I know in, in the hiking, bushwalking uh, sector, you know, blacks, greens, charcoals. Um, but but it certainly has changed with uh, some overseas brands that the, the, the patterns and the the colours are you know it's in, even in business socks where you know the it, that's the new tie um, where conservative suit but but out there in colours and styles in the socks and and that certainly has transitioned across into uh, into the outdoor uh, industry. Um, and and it looks important, but it's also the function of the the end product that's the the main or the key key factor of um, you know the the buyer. Okay. Now, what uh, what new products have, as Wilderness Wear have released or has, is about to release? What's the what's the new product on the market this year? Well, the new product is our ultimate trail sock called Atmosphere, and we looked at putting the the best inputs that we have across all of our socks into one sock so the atmosphere sock we do in two heights a mid height and a quarter height the primary yarn is called Klimmer yarn and that is a three to two ratio blended soft super fine merino with super fine polypropylene and we've found with that combination of yarns it offers the wearer a warm when cold plus dry when wet and that equals hemodynamic. So it, it just makes for a very comfortable sock for long distance, short distance, trail running, walking, hiking. And the other thing you were talking to me about yesterday about the sock, the uh, the cushioning on the, the sole of the foot's a bit different than a lot of socks tend to be? A, a little different. So we have zonal cushioning now. Uh, and we've lowered the profile of the cushioning so it doesn't envelop across the top of the foot. It's the, the bottom platform of the foot in the high strike zones. And the, uh, just looking at it from yesterday, so there's this cushioning under the toe area or the front for the forefoot, cushioning under the heel, but under the midfoot where there's really no contact with the shoes in most cases, uh, there's a, it's, it's, it's no, not a thick cushioning pad like with a lot of standard sort of socks. No, it's, it's a sheer cushioning or zero yeah. cushioning. Um, and that, that helps in the weight, overall weight of the sock um, and in, in the, the performance of the sock. All right. So what other new and improved product have you got coming into the market? Well, ac- across the last 12 to 18 months, we've seen a surge in sales and interest in our Merino Fusion range of base layers, where it's a, a, not a blended yarn, but it's a knitting the best man-made fibre polypropylene with the best natural fibre Merino wool into a range of garments and we now come across three weights in that range. Uh, we introduced a mid, mid weight, a 190 GSM and then we, to, which is high thermal property without the bulk. Then early this year we introduced the 160 weight, a hexagonal knit with a lighter weight with super wick, moisture spread and rapid dry. So for those high-intensity running, um, biking uh, pursuits, it, it just keeps a, a lightweight garment that is it's constantly dry. It's not absorbing moisture. It's uh, 
the evaporation of the moisture before saturation of the fabric. And at the show, we're launching our Merino Fusion Duo. So this is a bi-layer knit where next to skin is 100% polypropylene and the outer layer is 100% superfine merino. So we're keeping the dry climate next to skin and then the thermal properties of merino. So great for cold weather pursuits, whether it be paddling, skiing, snowboarding. Liam, certainly looking at those yesterday, they look like quite a good garment actually and it's, it's funny, you sort of look on the inside and they're green. Yes. Uh, and on the outside, at least the, the one that we looked at yesterday was a, a bluey colour. Is, is that going to be the colour range, or are you going to have a few different colours in that? In that? Uh, no, well, it will be this one colour option, and the bluey, yep. it's, it's a, a, a charcoal blue, um, and you get the hint of the polypropylene, the lime polypropylene coming through. So it's, it's easy on the eye, but also catching as to, hey, something special about this garment and fabric. I must admit, looking at it yesterday, it looked like quite a unique garment. It looks like something that we, we, yeah, we're looking forward to trying out. So uh, I, think it, I think it will do well overall. Uh, and the, the third product that we are launching at Aura is our Cool Merino, which is a blended yarn of 70% Merino, 30% tensile, which is a, a fibre that's based from wood, eucalyptus wood. What that offers the wearer is a, a garment that is cooling in hot conditions. So it's more a, a summertime or an exercise garment? C- correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's good. And that will be in the male and the female range, will it? Correct. Okay. So that's good. That's great. We've been talking to John Pope from Wilderness Wear about the, uh, some of the great product on offer. And again, 200% Australian, Australian made and Australian owned. So uh, uh, we'll have some images up on the show notes uh, and at regular basis uh, we've still got some product that we'll be releasing reviews on and we, it's, it's products that we do use ourselves. So thanks very much for that, John. All right, thanks for your time, Tim. So that was the interview with uh, John from Wilderness Wear. Um, again, it's a company that uh, we like using and supporting, uh, Australian-owned, uh, Australian manufacturing, and the wool they're using in there is is also from Tasmania as well. So it's always good to support the local industry where we can. Uh, John mentioned three ranges that uh, were particularly good from their point of view, the Merino Fusion, uh, and we've been using a number of their uh, socks in particular, um, uh, and they John talked about the, the Klimi yarn, and it, it's quite surprising actually because it's a wool-based sock with a uh, synthetic fabric that's integrated into it, and it doesn't feel plasticky and artificial like a lot of the socks with nylon uh, materials can do. Yeah, that's right, um, and I think that's the thing about all of their blended uh, products; um, they they do feel very soft and and very comfortable. Uh, and another one in that in the in, the, in, the, in that sort of category as well was the uh, uh, merino fusion duo, and it, it's quite an interesting looking product to to touch and feel. You look at it and think it's, it just looks weird, and you can't work out why. And it's got the polypropylene layer on the inside and the wool layer on the outside, and you get a bit of that greenish colour showing through the the, the charcoaly blue, and it's a good looking top, and it feels really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And likewise with the Cool Merino, um, the softest tops that I've, um, you know, ha- had an opportunity to, to touch 
and feel um, for a long time. I must admit, I I tend to be a merino wearer, uh, even during summertime. So it's going to be interesting to see how those those uh, pan out in a bit of heat uh, to see how they work out as well. Our next interview will be with Ben from One Planet. One Planet is another Australian company that's been around for many years. Um, not as well known across Australia as some of the other international brands, but certainly a, a, a company that has a presence in the market and produces some very good gear. Yeah, and uh, we spent some time with Ben talking about the um, the range of sleeping bags that they have, and uh, I think you know with uh, the trends in sleeping bags now, and they've certainly uh, got a number in their range that do this that can take you from you know relatively warm weather through to cooler weather um, without having to invest in separate uh, bags along the way. So we're here with Ben from One Planet. Um, it's a name that some people may know, but they've been around for 40 years, I believe. That's correct. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Ben, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Now, can you just uh, tell us a bit about One Planet, what you do and who you are? Well, uh, at One Planet, we're a local manufacturer, so we're based here in Melbourne. Uh, we manufacture the vast majority of our gear here and we're wholly Australian owned and we do all of our design here. So we're quite specialised in, in the product range that we offer uh, and it's always tailored for Australian or New Zealand conditions. All right. Um, is there anything in particular that you focus on or you, uh, you, I mean, you do the, the accessories as well as all the, the sleeping bags and tents and things? Or Yeah, our main four ranges would be rucksacks, uh, sleeping bags, tents, and also apparel, so rainwear and warmwear. We're quite specialised in the, the canvas rucksack game. That's yep. uh, probably where most people are familiar with us, large capacity canvas rucksacks, uh, bushwalking tents, so lightweight journey-based tents, uh, and also sleeping bags that are fairly lightweight, but also we offer quite a large range. So, All right, so what's the, uh, what's the reasoning for canvas bags as opposed to the, the nylon materials? Well, we use both, and I think there's genuine value in both. Uh, the canvas we use is called Waterlock Canvas, so it's a coarse-spun polyester uh, with cotton on the outside. Uh, it's incredibly durable and water-resistant, so from a, a use in Australian conditions, bush bashing, tough sticks, bumping up against rocks and trees and things like that, it's uh, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. And uh, it will last you a really, really long time. So from a durability perspective, environmental perspective, it's very good. I must admit, I, um, I haven't actually used the One Planet packs, but I've seen a lot of them use, being used by guides, uh, particularly carrying the big packs where they're carrying radios and first aid gear and, uh, and food for, the, for their clients. Uh, so it's sort of, uh, that's probably been my main area that I've come across these packs in the past. Um, yeah, I'd say that's true. Uh, we're definitely specialised in the large capacity rucksack game. Yep. Um, most of our bags use a harness system called the Exact Fit Harness. It's the only harness in the country that's accredited by the Chiropractic Association. Uh, and it means we offer four standard fits for men and for women in every single bag. Okay. So it's, it's quite a good point of difference. And uh, a lot of people come to us for the comfort on carrying you know, genuinely decent weights. Okay. Um, so what are they, so apart from um, the, the 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 fit issue and the uh, the fact that they're a hard wearing pack, what are mm. the what's the other reason? What's the other benefits of the One Planet packs? Well, you're buying a, a uh, locally made pack, uh, which is always good. Our factory is in Melbourne, and the canvas that we use is also made here in Australia. It's made in Newcastle, New South Wales. Uh, so you're buying a bag that's going to last you a really long time. It's ethically made. It's sustainably made. Uh, we do all of our repairs and servicing in-house. Uh, so you're getting 
Yeah, you know, a, a really high quality pack. Uh, most people would place us in the upper tier of the uh, bushwalking and hiking or outdoors market, uh, and you're getting phenomenal customer service on the back end. All right. So from the packs, we'll move on to the shelters now. Um, and again, I've been familiar with um, at least uh, the one I'm looking at just now, which is the, the Gundy, is it? The Gundy 2 yep, or Gundy, 1. Gundy 2. Uh, I'm guessing that's a two-person and one-person is, is the number. Yeah, so uh, the Gundy series is our most popular uh, series of journey-based tents. Uh, the, the range consists of one, two, and three-person. We also do a, a two-person snow. Uh, we run two different inners as well, so you can choose the mesh inner or the nylon inner uh, in your configuration. We also run two different flies, so you can choose a, a 7 denier nylon fly or you can choose a 30 denier polyester fly. So the real advantage of the Gundi series is you really mix and match the components that you want for the journey that you're going on. We also have all the spare parts or you can buy a secondary fly or inner. So as a complete system, it's very advantageous and every year we sell more and more. Okay, so I'm guessing like a lot of the tents on the market, the Gundy 1 is a one-door tent and the Gundy 2 is a two-door tent? That's correct, yep. Um, now looking at this Gundy 1 that's in front of me, is there is that a window or an access point on the other uh, side of the tent? There's a small half-moon door on the other side, so you can actually make use of the vestibule. So when you're using the Gundy 1, you've got your large vestibule, which can fit a, you know, a large capacity pack, 85, 90 litres, in the entrance side. But then you do have a small half-moon door on the other side to make use of uh, the space there with your shoes or anything else you might wish to put outside. Okay, that's, that's quite unique. I haven't mm. seen that on, on, on tents before. So Yeah, it's a handy little feature. One of the other major features with our Gundy series in comparison to others is the floor is generally a, a bit heavier than most of the competition out there it's designed for Australian conditions so we're running a 75 denier floor uh, with a PU coating on there at 7,000 millimeter waterhead so it's designed to be able to put on the rocks in the Larapinta you don't need a footprint to put with it although we do have one if you wanted to yep. uh, but you know alright no, it's, it's a good looking little tent uh, and again, we'll have images of these uh, in the show notes. So if you want to, people listening to this, you want to go to the show notes on their website, you'll be able to see all the uh, the photos and images and what we're talking about. Okay, so looking at this one next to us, and this is something that's a bit unique, um, uh, particularly from an Australian perspective. This is a what used to be called a Cuban fibre tent, now called a Dyneema composite fabric tent. Uh, That's correct. Now, what's so good about uh, Dyneema composite fabric, and, and why should people be buying these tents? Well, we've got a tent uh, that we've just brought onto the market earlier this year uh, called the Two Midable. Uh, so it's a single-person tent. It's a pyramid style, uh, and we're making it in a 15 denier sil PU. Uh, but we're also making it in a Dyneema composite fabric. So the real advantage of Dyneema composite fabrics is the weight. Yep. Know, the phenomenal weights. Looking at this one here, the fly, the guys, uh, all together would weigh 290 grams. So if you're willing to use a walking pole converter and your walking poles, along with the DAC DAC J stakes that we provide, you're looking about 355 grams as, a, as the package. Uh, you add your inner into that if you wish. Now, this is actually a reasonably large looking uh, structure. So, what is it classed as? Is it a two person, three person, or? We, we would call this a one person tent, uh, okay. mostly because if you're choosing to use the, the inner, which we sell, a mesh inner with a bathtub footprint, it's a one person size. Okay, so this is basically the, the fly, but as a fly, you've got a quite a large space. Uh, yes. And that's yeah. to allow the air gaps around the tent, the actual inner tent. That's in right. Itself. 
Yeah, yeah, and you can raise this up higher or lower depending on the conditions that you're in. If you're in the northern half of the country, you want to have a bit more airflow going through, fantastic. Uh, if you're down in Tassie, you might want to button it down a little bit more and hold it tight to the ground. So there are options in setup. Now, have you had many people make comment on the, uh, and this, is, this tends to be an issue not just with this particular brand or model of tent, but with the uh, Dyneema composite fabric, is very translucent. Uh, it is very translucent, <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is one of the things which could be an issue for, for some people. Uh, but I guess once the sun is shining on it from the outside, it does reflect a yeah. little bit and it might save you the private moment. So you just have to have, be a bit conscious about having the light on on the inside at night time. I certainly would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, it's always see-through, but not quite. So, but yeah, quite an interesting-looking tent and structure. Um, yeah. Now, cost-wise, what are we looking at? Because I believe the the the, the Dyneema fabric is actually an expensive fabric. It is an expensive fabric. Uh, cost-wise, your RRP on this particular tent here is a thousand and ninety-nine dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite up there in price, but uh, when you're looking for a well-made product, that's weighs, know, weighs nothing. Very very light. Uh, that's yeah. really what you're what you're after. Uh, All right. Okay, so, and there's a number of other tents as well, which we, uh, I won't, I won't think we go outside this afternoon because there, there's a few other tents put up outside. So you've got the, the same tent as the Cuban fiber tent or the Dyneema tent, which we're looking at in the Sil Nylon, is it? In a, yeah, that's right. Um, we also make it in a larger version. So the Dyneema version is what we call the two-middable. Uh, the classic, and I guess where we started our pyramid range, is in the four-middable. So that's a two-person tent, or as a large shelter, you could fit a whole lot of people in there. Yeah. And, Again, that is a very popular tent with guides. All right. Now, okay, so we've looked at the packs, we've looked at the, the, the shelters. What other products do, does that one planet produce? We're very big in sleeping bags as well. Uh, we actually make our down sleeping bags in Melbourne. Uh, so they're locally made, but they're made fresh. We don't have any stock holding of them, so we make them to order, uh, which means you're getting a very fresh bag at the end of the day which is really nice. We also have quite a large range, nearly 100 different models by size, by loft, by temperature rating. Uh, so there's a lot to choose from. Uh, but <laughs> So I'm guessing, guessing you're making the really uh, lightweight, um, summer weight version of sleeping bags all the way through to the, uh, the, the colder weight sleeping bags? Yeah, that's right. We, uh, we make two different quilts, which I would consider to be your very lightweight yep. uh, and your summer versions of things. We do make some lightweight sleeping bags. Uh, one of the most popular for us at the moment is the nitrous sleeping bag. Uh, so in a negative three, in a regular size, you're looking 567 grams. Uh, and that's a limit of comfort. So we name all of our bags off the lower limit of comfort. Okay. Uh, and for that, when we're talking about lower limit of comfort, that's male comfort, isn't it? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Your yep. upper limit of comfort would be your female lower limit of comfort. The lower limit of comfort, according to the ISO test, is uh, for the male. And now, with these bags, so what's um, you, you have? I'm guessing you have them in a standard and a long version, do you? Yeah, we run a, a short or a small, yep. uh, a regular, and also a large. Okay, so, that's, so that's, for, my, for most companies that do standard long, so this is actually an additional range where you've got a, a shorter bags for either shorter adults or for, for kids as well, I'm guessing. That's right, yeah. Or petite people can yep. be very good because the down is close or the insulation is close to your body. It's faster to warm up, especially if you're on a particularly cold winter adventure. So what... Um, what, uh, as far as sizing or height's concerned, what's, uh, what sort of height's going to fit a, a short, a regular and a large sleeping bag? Well, we do have uh, a very technical sleeping bag chart that's on our website, which yep. is always really good to refer to. But for example, uh, in our cocoon model, which is a, a mummy-shaped bag and one of the more popular versions, 
in a regular, we would say that the user height is around 187 centimeters. So okay. you're looking, you know, you're six foot two sort of person. Uh, in a small, you'd be looking 177 centimeters as the user height, uh, and a large 195, 200. So yeah. you're quite spacious. Uh, you generally find with the One Planet sleeping bags, we do make them roomier, so there is enough space to move around and wriggle, and I'd encourage everyone to try one out. Um, okay, so we've looked at the, um, the packs, we've looked at the, the shelters and the sleeping bags. Uh, that's the, the main range for One Planet, is it? Or Those are the three of the four big areas yep. that we're quite strong in. The other one is rainwear and apparel. Yep. Uh, so we make uh, rainwear specifically designed for Australian conditions. And, if, you know, the classic long cut for bushwalking, that's... Uh, you know, where we're quite well known. Uh, so we use a 20,000, 20,000 waterproof breathable membrane in our rainwear. It's called Synapse. Uh, it's designed to be particularly durable for multiple days of use. Uh, yep. I guess that's a, a key point of difference for us. All right. Um, and um, now looking at the colours, the comment I'd make here, and I don't know whether it's just because this is what you've brought out to the show, a lot of black, a lot of blue, not a lot of bright colours. Is that a, a choice or just what's been brought out? Uh, it's a little bit of both. It's yeah. what we've brought out, but it's also stock service, what we've got in, on hand all the time, uh, and they're basic colours that can roll over season to season. And so we design, I guess, more on the functionality side of things than the fashion side. All right. That's good. So we've been talking to Ben from One Planet uh, about the products that uh, One Planet provide, uh, and we'll have uh, images and links uh, in our show notes to, to the products we've been talking about. So thanks very much, that, Ben. Thanks a lot, Tim. So that was Ben from One Planet, an Australian company that's been around for 40 years, uh, and some people are probably quite familiar with it. For many others, it's probably a name they don't hear as often. So keep an eye out for some of the, the new and exciting products coming onto the market from them. One comment I would make, um, you know, they've got a lot of good product. Um, the Dyneema composite fabric or what used to be known as Cuban fiber that was a really interesting shelter that weighed basically nothing uh, and this is uh, we're, we're down to with a lot of the hiking products uh, you know if we're trying to save weight we're down to shaving grams and unfortunately that does mean a cost uh, impost on the product now I think people will probably be holding their breath for Dyneema composite fabric products that come down in price. Um, the material really came from the sail making industry, uh, and that's probably the, the main use for it these days. So it, it's never going to halve in price. So if, you, if you're holding your breath waiting for the prices to drop dramatically, don't. Uh, it's a, a premium product uh, that is going to suit some people, uh, mainly because of the cost. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, if you're into gram saving, this, this is the material that you want to go through and look at. Certainly, there are other options available uh, to people. Um, the the tent that we've been talking about is, um, you know, quite an unusual tent. It's more of a shelter as such. Uh, so that won't suit everybody. You can um, use a uh, an inner uh, that will turn it into more of a traditional tent, um, but the shelter in itself is, is uh, I guess, a pretty particular part of the market. Our next interview was going to be with um, Greg Ford from Spelium, uh, and in the start of the interview, uh, Greg talks about Spelium as being the house of brands. So it's a company that's um, it's the company behind all the brands, if you like. So they stock well-known products like MSR, Petzl, Thermarest, and a number of others that you, you that you would probably be aware of, but not know where they come from. 
Spearlian has uh, a few new products on the market across their range coming on board this year, so we'll leave it to Greg to explain what those are. Okay, so we're here with uh, Greg Ford from Spelian. Now, Greg just described uh, Spelian as the house of brands, uh, and they stock a number of different products, including Thermarest, Buff, Petzl, uh, Platypus, and a number of other uh, well-known brands in the market. So it's probably a company you haven't heard of, but you've heard, certainly heard of a number of the product lines that they, they tend to sell. So thank you very much for your time, Greg. You're welcome. Okay, so what what's new in the, uh, in the in the in your product range this year or in the, in the coming year? So uh, coming uh, later this year and certainly into early 2020 is uh, on the Thermos brand is a new valve that they're introducing into all their mats. Uh, the valve um, that is currently in their mats has been uh, working well for 30 30 plus years, uh, but with the development in technology and engineering, they've managed to produce a new valve, uh, uh, and this one is called the Winglock valve, and the Winglock valve will be introduced across uh, the majority of their mats, and what that does is that inflates and deflates the mat three times faster and uh, than, than the previous mat. That's, that's always good. <laughs> it's always, you're right. Um, it has some, uh, with the namesake, it has some little wings on, on the edge of the valve. And uh, when you twist those, what that does is that opens up an internal uh, part of the valve to help deflate it much quicker than it had before. On inflation, uh, when you're turning the valve, it's a, it's a quarter turn. So it's a nice quick quarter turn. If you're using gloves, it's nice and easy to do. Um, and it's also a one-way valve. There's a, there's a membrane on the inside, so it lets the air go in, uh, but won't let it go out. So on, on deflation, that's the, that's the biggest thing that most people say when they're, they're uh, inflating a mat is that they've got to uh, lock the valve to, to catch their breath again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so with this, it's, uh, it's certainly repairable in the field, uh, it's, uh, and by that we, we see that as uh, eco-friendly as well. Um, and uh, it, going across these valve, uh, sorry, across these mats, um, it will be introduced yeah, later this year into 2020. Okay, but, but, so pretty much it's a, it's a retrofitting of a lot of the existing mats uh, just to upgrade the, the valve system? That, that's right. You, you, if you've got an existing mat with a, the older black valve, you can't retrofit this yep, to the, yep. the new type. Uh, the old valves will still remain available to, to the customers with, with those mats, those users. But essentially, yes, you're right, across the, the whole mat range, this new valve will come through. Okay. All right, so that's Thermarest. Is there any any other product from Thermarest that they're bringing out this year, or they they're they're reasonably stable for this year as far yeah, as their range? They are reasonably stable for this range. There's a few highlights that they are bringing out uh, um, early into next year. That probably the the most common one for for backpacking in Australia that we would find is the Trail Pro. Uh, the Trail Pro is receiving an update with the new uh, Strata core foam technology. So it uh, while it offers a nice thick five centimeter. Uh, sleeping surface um, uh, on the old Trail Pro, the new one will actually be 7.6 centimetres okay. and they can do that by the way the foam's cut, uh, but it'll still wrap and roll up just as small as the previous version. Okay, so basically an improved version, same sort of size, but uh, just as small as the old one. Correct, yeah. Okay. All right, so from, from uh, Thermarest, where, do we, where are we going to head on to next? What's uh, the next we'll product? We'll move over to MSR and a new filter that we have. Um, this new filter is uh, something that um, has been available in the US market for a number of years in the US military called the uh, ThruLink filter. And the ThruLink filter is an inline filter uh, that can retrofit onto any brand of hydration system. Um, and what it does, it has a, uh, it comes with some various parts of um, quick 
disconnectors and connectors so you can essentially uh, halve your um, water hose and put this inline filter in and it'll then filter your water or, uh, so it'll uh, remove any bacteria um, and uh, reduces various chemical particulates as well. It's a hollow fibre filter with a uh, carbon element to take out any odours and tastes. High flowing, um, it'll do about a litre a minute and the cartridge will last over a thousand litres. All right. That's a, it's actually quite good. I must admit, I've, I've used the uh, the Sawyer Mini product in the past and my, my main criticism with what, that, particularly when you're trying to pour water into a, a pot, is the flow rate's pretty poor. Correct. So I think uh, you know something that has a slightly faster flow rate and the quick disconnect options on it will make quite a big difference I think yeah what that does is uh, when you uh, when you do disconnect it from the from the filter um, then it, it does essentially have a on, on the other part has a shut off valve so then water won't pour out everywhere and you can just quickly disconnect it again All right, and that's good that's gonna be that's gonna be a good uh, good product and it feels fairly lightweight yeah 70 grams uh, and should retail hopefully around eighty to ninety dollars when it's when it's available. All right, that's actually quite a reasonable sort of price. Now, with all these products which we're talking about today, we'll have pictures of that on the uh, the website. We'll have links through to MSR showing the links of the products where they are as well if they're they're still not onto the market yet. Yep. Okay, so MSR for most people that might be aware, they produce a range of tents. Uh, water filters is a big product for them. Uh, things like the MSR Guardian and the Trail Shot, uh, and they also produce um, uh, a number of other products, tent pegs and, and many other things that people would be familiar with as well, uh, including stove ranges as well. Uh, so there's, uh, it's quite a well-known uh, uh, product range. Okay, so moving on from MSR, we're going on to... We'll go on to a, a brand called Yuko. Okay. Um, Yuko is a, a well-known uh, brand. It's certainly been available since the early 70s. Um, Yuko are renowned for candle lanterns, uh, so a, a small candle lantern in a uh, aluminium housing. Um, and with the uh, the candle, it, it certainly will, uh, was a, a common outdoor fixture for for hiking people, um, where you would have a candle that would burn for nine hours. And uh, yeah, that's where Yuko are now of what they're known for, and uh, they're now bringing out a range of LED lanterns and also a um, utility spork, and best of all, a outdoor ice cream maker. Uh, just looking at that, <laughs> I think that's a bit of a luxury for the trail, but <laughs> and probably a bit heavy, but it's uh, something good for the kids to play around with. But uh, yeah, with the uh, the LED lanterns, for instance, uh, they're, they're bringing out a new one called the Sprout. The Sprout. This is a thirty dollars retail item that that runs on three AAA batteries, has a two hundred lumen output. You turn it on, and by de- holding the button down, the the lumens will brighten, and it has a small lanyard that uh, connects to the bottom of it with a magnet that you can actually hang uh, on a tent pole or, or a tree wherever you might be camping. Okay, that's good. It's. Um, I must admit, I uh, as much as I like using head torches, uh, if I'm in in my tent at the end of the day, I'm doing some reading. Uh, I do prefer to have a, a small little lantern, and I don't always carry one, but I'm I've been seriously looking at adding it to the kit because it does provide that bit of extra flexibility. Yeah, it does. And other other products they're bringing out is the uh, the picker lantern. The the picker lantern um, is, is a handheld torch. Yep. Um, that is has a lithium-ion battery that's USB rechargeable. It also has a USB output, so for any small devices, you can actually top up with that if you uh, do take something yep. with you. Um, and the, the neck of the, the torch actually expands, so then when you can have it either as a lantern or a torch. Okay. 
other parts of the UK range is their, uh, their new utility set. So they do a uh, utility spork. Um, and with the utility spork, it's, it's uh, an outdoor uh, product for um, uh, your culinary desires, such as um, soup and, and the like. Uh, it has a fork, a serrated blade on the edge of the fork, and also a spoon. Uh, they can connect together, and so you can carry a couple at a time with a, with a small tether. Uh, and the other product also in their range is the switch spork, and the switch spork is a um, spoon plus a knife yep. and, a, and a fork, and you can actually join them together so you can extend the handle and get into those really deep uh, dehydrated food um, parcels. That's actually quite handy. I mean, that's that's always been my criticism of uh, of sporks in the past. That I've got a fairly large hand, and you're trying to get it dig into a bag without cutting the top off it. You end up getting getting food all over your hand. So that's actually not a bad little idea to actually give you that a bit of extra length. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. No, it's good. That's good. It's a it's a they're nice looking little products. These ones. So I think they'll make they'll do well. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing a fire starter as well, by the look of it. They are. Fire yeah, two fire starters. So a Titan fire starter, which will give you 20,000 strikes. Um, it also comes with a, uh, a small a key that has a small carabiner on it that's uh, attached to a lanyard for your striker that uh, has a number of functions for um, fixing stoves. It has a bottle opener on there and the like. And the other one is a survival fire striker, which is, has a little bit smaller, lighter weight, but has uh, 3,000 strikes. Uh, I think from, I think it must have been a, uh, the fire starter I've got at home. I think uh, once I got the hang of it, probably one strike it worked well. So I think that'll probably last me almost a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and now on to uh, I might go on to GSI with GSI, uh, a great outdoors brand um, for all culinary ideas, a good camp kitchen ideas. Um, coming through uh, for them next year is some lightweight um, bugaboo camp cups 710 mil this this weighs only about 120 grams okay you can fit a one liter standardized nalgene bottle for instance inside there uh we've also got some uh expanding um cup sets so their escape cup set the siliconized sides and uh, something like that um which holds 500 mils um when it's packed up is only a centimeter thick okay I must admit, I, uh, I've always been a fan of the GSIs, particularly the GSI trowels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're, they're probably one of the best trowels on the market, particularly for digging through rock. Yes. Uh, you know, even though they're a, they're a plastic-based trowel, they cope really well with that sort of environment. Yeah, the, the, the trowel is a repurposed Lexan, so uh, when, when the... Uh um, Lexan didn't become as popular anymore. They they popped all their Lexan bottles and essentially uh, made them into the trowels, and then uh, which was a great idea. So rather than landfilling them, uh, well, I think they've de- they've definitely done a good job on that yeah. one as well. Yeah. Um, the the other new product that's coming through is the Escape Pot. So the Escape Pot has a um, a heat retainer on the bottom, a heat sink on the bottom. Yep. Um, it's a collapsible silicon, and uh, you can uh, with a non-stick base and you can essentially um, open that all the way up for a two or three litre size and uh, cook away on it with your stove underneath Okay. Um, and you've got a strainer lid with some uh, siliconized uh, pads on there so uh, cool to touch to help strain the, strain the water. Must admit I looked at that and thought oh yeah could you put that onto a stove but as you say it's uh, it's usable with a stove so yep. it works quite well. Yeah. 
So that's that, and uh, I thought we might go up and have a look at the new Petzl headlamp, the Swift RL. So Petzl are renowned for their uh, their technology and their innovation in, in head torches. Uh, they've had the Now and the Now Plus available for a long time, which has a has, has a uh, light sensor, which a reactive light sensor. Uh, the Swift is their their new one, which will be out in about September October this year. This is their brightest head torch in the whole range, which will be 900 lumens. It's going to retail at around 199 dollars. And uh, it, it offers a uh, reactive light that adjusts on um, how much light it thinks you need. Great for trail running, great for bushwalking, and um, at, at 900 lumens, oh, it'll certainly light. light up light up the trail. So, will it, you, are you able to override that if you think you need more, and you can you can set your own, or you, you can? So you, you can set it so if it, if uh, you can have it on the reactive mode, or you can have it what they call constant mode, and that constant okay. lighting mode is something you can preset. So a USB rechargeable with a lithium-ion battery, and the battery is replaceable. It has a lock switch, so it won't turn on whilst it's in your pack. Um, it has quite a nice reflective headband that also has a split at the back to make it nice and comfortable if you're doing some high-level activity, high activities. How does that actually compare to some of the other products you've had in the past where they've had the battery pack at the back? and the light at the front. I mean, this one's almost looking like it's more powerful. Look, well, it is more powerful at 900 lumens. Um, it is only 100 grams, so the uh, certainly with the battery packs at the back of the head, you usually get a, a, a bigger amperage in the battery, so you get longer running time. Okay. Um, yep. So with this, while you certainly won't get the longer running time, it's something that's the previous one being the now, uh, but you're certainly, you know, they've been able to develop the technology that you will still get a fair amount. All right, and they're 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 quite a good-looking little torch. They almost look a bit like the uh, the bindi uh, in that you've yes. got that that adjustment sort of uh, 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 as far as the setting. It, it just looks like a, a beefed-up version, if you like. It does. It does. And uh, along with this, another feature that it does have is a little battery light level indicator on the top of the sensor, and so it'll actually go green and tell you how much battery is uh, either left in the torch. Um, so it'll try and give you an indication of, of when you possibly might need to recharge it. That's always handy. I mean, I must admit, with a lot of torches on the market, it's thinking, I think it's getting low, but I'm not sure. This one's very clear on, on whether it is getting low or not. So that's good. Yep. And that's the Swift RL. All right, so we've been talking to Greg Ford from Spelian. As we said, this is the, the house of brands that, that sell Petzl, that sell MSR, Platypus, uh, and uh, a number of other brands which we've just discussed today and many that we haven't discussed as well. So um, if you go to the show notes, we'll have photos and images of all these products uh, and links if they are available currently on the market. We'll have links of where you can buy them as well. Thanks very much for that, Greg. You're welcome. Thanks for your time. So that was Greg from Spielian. Um, as, as we said, there's a, a number of well-known brands that they manage and look after in Australia. Uh, and while you may not know the name Spielian, you certainly know the, the very, very many products that they tend to sell. Um, one of the things that's been noticeable for me for this year for this show is the changes in headlights that have come out. Uh, and particularly the Swift RL at 900 lumens, you can definitely fry possums probably at about a kilometre and a half away. Not everyone's going to need a headlight. Not that we're condoning that, but <laughs> no. I'm just going to say here. Yeah. So I think uh, you know, while you may not need that sort of capacity, uh, every so often if you're um, on a new trail in an unfamiliar area uh, at night time, having that extra capacity and power sometimes is handy. 
In addition, the the new water filter from MSR is something I'm looking forward to trying out. I've, I've always been fans of an, an inline filter in the past, but just found the flow rate on them to be awkward, particularly when you're trying to cook at the end of the day. So now we're going to go on to Cedar Summit. Um, it's a name that you will recognise from just about any outdoor store in Australia, but they also manage a number of other product ranges uh, that you'll also be highly familiar with as well. So we're day three now of the Outdoor Retailer Show in Melbourne, and we're here at the Cedar Summit stand. We're talking to Ross Smith, who looks after the sleeping bag and sleeping mat range. So thanks for taking the time, Ross. Pleasure, Tim. Okay, so we talked to you last year about the sleeping bag and the sleeping mat range, and at that stage they weren't due to be released until early this year. How's the range gone for you? It's been really good. So um, last year we, we showed what was going to be launching this year. So February, March 2019, we've, we've revamped our sleeping bag range, uh, refocused the women's specific models, um, and also expanded upon what we know has been really successful. Many people will be familiar with the Trek series and the Spark ranges. Um, we also launched the, the new Etherlite XT sleeping mat um, and retweaked some of the models and, and included some more innovations, which is the Cedar Summit way. All right. Uh, I must admit we've been uh, starting to try out some of the uh, the sleeping mats and uh, and the sleeping pa- uh, sleeping bags, and we'll be re- be doing some reviews online with those over the the coming months. Um, certainly, there are really nice looking bags. Uh, I mean, you know, even ignoring whether they work or not, they, they look really good. It's good. Uh, and I mean, it's all. I think it's always good to be able to produce a bag that that functions well, but to have it looking good is is, is also a bonus as well. So. Tell us a bit about the philosophy about the ranges in the sleeping bags. So it's, it's understanding why we, why we use sleeping bags, sleeping mats. We talk regularly about the complete sleep system. If I'm talking about a sleeping mat, I should also be part, part of that talking about a pillow that someone's using or, or what bag are they using. Um, and we really encourage people to think about that complete sleep system, taking your setup from home and recreating it outside. One huge part of that is, is comfort. Um, it's asking the, the basic question of why do you take these things outside. It's, it's to have a comfortable night's sleep. So that is at the forefront of a lot of our design criteria. Um, we, of course, want to make sure that they are technically performing for you, and that could be using lightweight fabrics, high-quality down, um, treated down. But comfort is, is really the biggest priority for us, um, and you'll see that heavily through our mats and also now coming into our bags, acknowledging that, Yes, a mummy-shaped sleeping bag, it's really good to save weight, but if it's too restrictive, you're not going to be comfortable, and that's going to impact the quality of your sleep. And then your, the quality of your performance next day. Um, could be at, uh, well, not everyone's an alpine climber that needs to have a good eight hours in the middle of a mountain, but even if you're just walking the trail at the weekend, you want to have a nice sleep, otherwise your Sunday's ruined. I must admit, I, um, I've been using one of the older uh, Cedar Summit mat, uh, sleeping bags, the Micro, which is uh, uh, heading uh, out of production, uh, and it's a mummy bag, and it's the first mummy bag I've ever owned, and I was avoided mummy bags for a number of years because I'm, I'm a reasonably large guy, but I just found that the mummy bag, particularly in the longer sizes, fit me really well, mm. and as a result, with the less airspace on the inside, I was so much more warmer, even for a, a bag that was mummy versus non-mummy, it made a big difference. Mm. Uh, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a learning curve there, if you've never tried a mummy bag, it's either going to suit you or it's not, but don't discount it, because it may actually uh, be something that works for you really well. 
Okay, so the sleeping mat range as well, they were also new, a new range of sleeping mats which came onto the, the available for sale uh, this year. So we had the Etherlight. Um, I had a chance to try one of those just recently and I'll be posting a review on that towards the end of this month. Um, I found it probably to be one of the most comfortable mats I've ever worn or used, sorry. Um, so how's that gone for you? Yeah, really well. So we talk about that comfort story again. And um, like you mentioned to alluded with the mummy sleeping bags, it's when we talk about comfort, it is very subjective. And we always encourage people to be able to, to try these. If you visit your retail stores, actually get a mat out and lie on it. And you can really appreciate the design details and what we're working on. So the Etherlite is our um, newest model in the range. We also this year um, made women's specific models across there. And so there's a women-specific Etherlite too. Let's touch on that mat. So it's a 10-centimeter thick air mat, which is um, thicker than any of the others in our range, which means it's fantastic for side sleepers. Um, the construction techniques that we've used, though, mean it uses less fabric. And as a result, it's actually um, also now the lightest mat in our range too. So it's the thickest, yet lightest. Um, good clearance off the ground. Insulated models are... Certainly more popular. Um, people need to understand that they're also protecting themselves from the cold of the ground. But um, we've been really, really pleased with um, the launch of this mat. Um, and it continues with the tweaks of our range that have been around for now for about six, six years. Um, the air sprung cell comfort story. Now mats come with a, an integrated pump sack uh, made available with every mat. Um, about 18 months ago um, and worth having a look also now at the pillow lock system that also comes with every mat um, which is again part of that seep system understanding that um, there's some pretty nice lightweight pillows out there and you can now actually um, attach them to all of our mats. So the pillow lock system from memory from last year was just a very fine almost micro hook and, hook and loop system, the Velcro yep. system which means that the pillow doesn't keep on disappearing off the mat during the night time. Exactly that so every single mat of ours that they come with a few things for one they come with a repair patch which is really important um, but they also now come with yes yeah, an optional addition four small hook and loop um, patches that you can stick um, and the mats are marked where you need to adhere them yep. you can attach them to the top of your mat and it will work with any of our Cedar Summit pillows um, to do exactly that keep the pillow where it should be on your mat and um, there's nothing like trying to fumble around in the middle of the night in the dark and, and recapture your pillow to put it under your head um, and they work remarkably well I must admit, I, um, I've, I've always avoided using inflatable pillows over the mm. last 20-odd years, uh, and I had a chance to use one of the Cedar Summit inflatable pillows just recently, and again, I got a really comfortable night's sleep on it, and for the sake of, I think, what was the one I was using, it was about 70-odd grams, yeah, uh, was, right. was really quite nice. So uh, again, I'll be doing a, a, a review of that one in the upcoming weeks as well. Mm. Okay, so moving on from the sleeping uh, systems, the sleeping bags and the sleeping mats, yep. what other greater new product has uh, um, a Cedar Summit got in the, um, uh, in the range that is worthwhile mentioning? So this year, so s the sleep system in general is, is being heavily focused still and, and um, this year we'll be, uh, we're showcasing a couple of new product launches for next year. Um, the most Probably the biggest one of those is the new water cell uh, range. We have a water cell X and the water cell ST, and these are really bringing integration to your to your water and hydration needs. And this moves probably a little bit sort of with with hiking, but also beyond um, car camping, um, even motorbike touring. Um, there's a lot of crossover there. This is a, a model that. Um, comes in capacities from 4 litres, um, 6, 10 and up to 20 litres. They'll provide you with 
the ability to store water, carry it, dispense it nice and evenly um, uh, with a lot of typical Cedar Summit design features. All right. I must admit, I, um, I've, I had a hike earlier this year where I, uh, I expected to have a good mm. constant supply of water mm. and was surprised to find that a lot of the streams I uh, usually relied on have dried up. Mm. So having a, the ability, particularly on longer hikes or hikes, something like, say, the Larapinto Trail, mm. where you are, do have quite dry periods and you're using a lot of water, mm. having that backup ability, even if you don't fill it all the way up, yeah. uh, and, you know, and for the sake of looking at, this, say, the six-litre bag here, that's 195 grams in weight, uh, even if you only put three litres of water in there or if you want to mm. fill it up with a six, uh, you've got that extra carrying capacity for when you know you're not going to have water mm. for a 24 or a 36-hour period. Absolutely. So I think that, that'll do well. So in- integration is the key with these. Um, a lot of work's been done on the shape. Um, we've got very, very great straps, multifunctional straps that can be used to hang places. Um, and then the final piece of the puzzle is a, a cap, which has multiple uses, really intuitive to use, easy to lock off and control the flow of water. Um, and with that also comes an attached, uh, attachable shower um, part, which gives you a really nice flow too. All right, that's good. Okay, so we've got another new product here which we were looking at. Uh, last year at the show, the Ultrasil Nano Day Pack was launched, and this is um, something that's probably probably the best way to think about it. It's the size of an egg. It's actually quite tiny in size, an 18-litre pack uh, that weighs uh, 30 grams. So it's pretty, you know, it's just over an ounce in the, the Imperial system. This year, you're releasing the Ultrasil Nano Shopping Bag. Um, so it's a 25-litre bag, again, weighing in the 30-gram mark. Um, and I suppose particularly these days where we're trying to look at getting rid of plastic bags and we're sick of having these shopping bags living in the boot of the car, these actually aren't, aren't a bad-looking option because they've got, looks like, well, they look, you know, they've got a, a strap that looks like you could quite comfortably put this over your shoulder mm. if you needed to. Absolutely. So these are, yeah, so 30 grams. Um, uh, 25 litre capacity really nice thing about these I mean for me I don't always have a bag with me but this will fit nicely in my pocket also really easy to fit back in their stuff sack that can sometimes be the challenge with something so small it's a pain to get back in but um, the nature of the TPU finish and the siliconized um, fabric means that these slip really nicely back into their stuff sack so really really easy to use think about if you're in the office in the city and you're just on the way home and you need to stop off at the supermarket an absolute winner um, and that pairs obviously with the day pack that's just arrived this year um, great option if you're traveling you've got your normal sort of maybe let's say 40 litre carry-on but you don't want to take that with you and you're just touring wherever you might be be able to pull out this small day pack it's 30 grams extra to take with you on your trip but it gives you a nice small day pack option to use I think looking at this shopping bag through here again, like the uh, the NanoSil uh, day pack, this folds down to about the size of an egg, or in fact, it's probably a small egg. Uh, so unlike the the supermarket shopping bags, which tend to take up quite a lot of space, this is actually a very easily you could put three or four of these in the in, the, in your car and you wouldn't even notice they're there, or you could even put them into a bag, you know, your backpack, and not even think about it too much. So I think they're a product which will go quite well. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're moving on to the Helinox range, which is a new range for Cedar Summit this year. They've taken over the Australian manufa- or no, the Australian distributorship of it, of it this year, and we're here talking to Lucian. Um, uh, so tell us, for those people that don't know, what is Helinox, uh, and what are some of the exciting things they've got in the range for hikers? Uh, Helinox is a South Korean brand. Um, 
you know, found from DAC pools. So everybody knows the lightweight tent pools. Hillenox makes about 90% of the lightweight tent pools in the world. Um, so you get like extremely light, strong and comfortable furniture. Uh, we have products that weigh 470 grams, you know, for chair zero that carries 120 kilos. We have little tables that weigh, you know, like similar weights, you know, like under a kilo. They can carry about 90 um, kilos capacity. Um, they're packed down very small, so it's extremely uh, easy for hikers, for kayakers, so multi-purpose. But then also um, for four-wheel drivers and ca- uh, caravanners, we have chairs that are tall, comfortable, and that weigh just over a kilo and packed down very small. Yeah, and I think that's often the thing you see. You know, there's, there seems to be plenty of these camping-style chairs that, that all the, the box stores tend to sell, but they tend to be quite heavy and actually quite bulky so I think uh, getting something that's uh, good quality that weighs very little and packs down small uh, quite often even if you're, car- if you're driving a foil drive you're, you do have a limitation on space so saving weight saving space is quite good one of the things that certainly, um, from my perspective, I tend not to be a chair user, but I'm surprised that, or actually I'm not even surprised, of the number of hikers I see who their luxury item is a chair. Uh, and almost without fail, it tends to be the Helinox range that you are seeing uh, at campsites. People will say, I want to sit on a good, comfortable seat at the end of the day, uh, but I don't want to carry a huge amount of weight. So certainly the, the Helinox is a, is a good alternative and a good option in that sort of category. Um, now, when you were talking about chair one and chair zero, so that's the sizing they're sold in, is it? They have a, a sizing range? Yes, there's a sizing range. So the smaller chairs, you know, obviously like for hikers and the bigger chairs for the grey nomads, people that sit around the campfire, around their caravan. Yep. Uh, the chair one is pretty small yet comfortable. The chair zero is a very lightweight uh, version of that with like skinnier tubes and a Dyneema fabric. So they're packed down very small, so that you know, say the chair zero weighs less than a small bottle of water. Yeah. So you know, like if you compromise a bit, like a space in your pack, when you sit down, like for those twenty minutes, it's comfortable. You don't get wet, and you know, like then I think the walk becomes more pleasant. Yeah, and I know sometimes when I did my Bibbulmun track hike in Western Australia last year, I had about 27 days of rain and it was like, where can I find somewhere dry to sit? Exactly. And then sometimes you just give up and think, all right, am I going to get a wet backside? I've got no choice. That's exactly right. But, yeah, it is nice to be able to have a comfortable seat. Uh, And sometimes there's not a dry log somewhere. So if you're looking at a luxury item, the chairs are probably a good way to go. Yeah, and they go up very quick. So, you know, like they're all shot quarter together. So you'll have a chair up in about 20 seconds and you pack it back in 20 seconds. It's in a loose bag, so it's not like you're fiddling to, you know, to make it small. It's, 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 not, it's not like an Ikea product? Uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is, but it's shot quarter together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's, uh, we were just having a discussion before about whether we read the instructions to put these things together, but they look like once you've actually know how to do it, it's probably quite an easy sort exactly. of process. You actually need one hand, yeah. You can do it with one hand if you wanted to. Yeah. All right. That's good. Thanks very much for that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Okay. So we're here still on the Cedar Summit stand, and we're talking to Eric, who's the Director of International Sales. Eric's come over from the US. Uh, I think he's obviously decided he's missing the cold weather. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's come Classic over to Melbourne weather here right now. Yeah. Come over to, you know, probably the, the coldest weather Melbourne's had in a couple of years with these fronts coming through. So we're going to talk to uh, him about the Black Diamond range, particularly the headlamps and the tracking poles. So tell us a bit about the ranges for both of these and is there any new and exciting products that have come out this year? Yeah, so for spring 2020, we redo our entire rechargeable line. Um, so this is going to take the, uh, 
similar feature set to our previous headlamps where we went to this new user interface with two buttons. Um, we found this a lot easier to understand. You got one button for on and off, yep. and the second button goes through, goes through the functions. So you've got your, your distance beam, your proximity beam, and your red light. You hold two of these buttons down for three seconds, and it's going to lock your headlamp out. So you can throw it in your pack when you're hiking along. You're not going to accidentally bump it on. Yep. Yep. Um, so this is the, these features we added to our headlamp line um, in spring 2019. Well, sorry, January. Seasons are flipped between us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but um, the Revolt, which is our, our third best-selling headlamp, um, gets the rechargeable upgrade for spring 2020. So this headlamp is 350 lumens. It's got the kind of complicated BD feature set where you have the, the six setting um, battery meter here. You've got power tap and you've got USB rechargeable in the case. Yep. So we used to, the previous version of the Revolt had three AAA batteries that were, were rechargeable. For spring 20, we go to this lithium ion block. So this is um, 1800 lumens, sorry, 1800 milliamps yep. for the capacity. Um, Similar competitive product would be the Pexel Actic Core, which is a 1,250 yep. um, milliamps, so a little bit better bang for your buck. And also as a backup, it still works with AAAs if you need okay. to flip them out. So pop that block in there. It's uh, rechargeable from within the unit. And all the standard BD feature set, which lockout, I think, is one of the most important important ones. I must admit, the um, yeah. the revolts being uh, I've I've got two versions of that. Yeah. The, the version before that and the version yeah. before that at home. Yeah. And, um, actually, one of the things that surprises me with the revolt, I think, it's actually. Yeah, I don't know about in this new model. Yeah. It seemed to have better waterproofing than the Storm and the others in the range. Is that correct? Yeah. So the 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 previous version of the revolt was IPX8. So with that. Uh, waterproof rating it's uh, defined by the manufacturer so the electronics are sealed but water can enter the battery box yep. so if you do submerge it you just want to make sure at the end of the day you take it out you take the batteries out and you dry them yep. Yep. with this headlamp having the lithium ion battery on the inside it's actually ipx4 so you don't yep. want to submerge it but it, you can use it in the rain you can use it in the hail if it's windy it's no problem but you don't want to fully submerge it and that's because of the contacts on the lithium ion battery yeah yep. if you were to put triple a's in here it would be effectively ipx8 okay yeah. so yeah, it's yeah. more the battery technology yeah rather than yeah yeah, yeah absolutely because you can swap that block out we'll have an accessory it'll be a, a spare battery and a wall charger so if you wanted to you could bring an extra battery with you, um, flip it out, and have 12 hours of, uh, of burn time on it. I must admit, that's that's the yeah. way the industry seems to be heading, and and, and from my perspective, I uh, when I'm going on a hike where I, I yeah. don't have contact to a, a wall socket for three weeks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, having yeah. the ability to recharge everything rather than carrying multiple sets of batteries. Yeah, and if, if you do uh, the math, if you get a traditional, you know, uh, four or three battery AAA headlamp, the amount of time that you top it off and switch the batteries out over the course of the year, it's a lot more cost-effective, in my opinion, worth the upcharge a little bit. Yeah. But the rechargeable headlamp, the rechargeable range in general, it's almost... It sells well, but the consumer, I don't feel, is fully there yet. We need to do a better job of educating um, the benefits of the line. Um, I must admit, I, I tend to use lithium batteries, and when you start putting a set of lithium batteries into <laughs> it, it, the cost starts adding up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, headlamps in general, it's been really interesting to see because there's a lot of competition that will uh, try and do battle strictly with lumens. And this is where we're trying to do a better job of 
having a well-curated, easy-to-understand tech list to give to floor staff to walk you through the different functions of the headlamp, because that's really what helps separate the BD headlamps out from the competition. Um, you'll see a lot of uh, kind of private label brands. They'll be like 1,000 lumens, 1,200 lumens, but if you actually go out and use it, get about two hours of burn time, and then it shuts off. Yeah. Don't have the feature set, don't have lumens, or uh, don't have that sort of battery life, and don't have an adjustable beam. But one other function on here to call out is a power tap. So with all of our headlamps, if you turn it off at a certain intensity, we call it brightness memory, it'll always turn back on yep. at, the same, at the same brightness. But if you tap the side, it's going to turn it up to 100% output. Okay. So you get into a dark area, you can power tap it up, touch it again, it goes back to what it was set at before. I must admit, I think I yeah. had that on uh, my previous one, my current version of yeah. the, the Revolve. And, it's, yeah. and in some respects, it's like now, I did actually have to read the instructions. I have yeah. to think, now, what do I have to do again? But yeah. after a couple of weeks of using it, it became very, very familiar. Yeah, like uh, the, the old version of this, when it was just a single button, you would uh, the retail packaging would come with this little card that would teach you how to use the different settings yep. and different button combinations. We felt that that was... A little bit too confusing to the end consumer, so when we went to this two-button arrangement, we, which we found is a little more intuitive and yep. largely simplified it for the for the end consumer. All right. Yeah. Now moving on from the lights onto the uh, the tracking poles. I mean, Black, Black Diamond is a well-known tracking pole company. Absolutely, uh, a lot of poles in the range. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I suppose it really comes down to the features you're looking at. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm using um, the, some of the carbon tracking poles. Okay. Uh, and I've Are they telescoping or is no, it a Z-pole? No, the Z-pole. Okay, so okay. I've chosen those purely for the weight yep. Uh, yep. more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but I know that you certainly do have... I've had a previous version that was telescoping. Yeah. Uh, and I think I just decided to opt for the non-telescoping ones, the fixed-to-length ones, yeah. purely to save the weight from what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. It saves the weight quite a bit. And also with the Z-poles, having the collapsibility... We found that consumer is generally gravitating towards that. Um, it, it's amazing. In the U.S., for hunt and fish um, distribution, we sell a whole bunch of the telescoping poles. The trail is pretty much our number one seller. Yep. But for the Asia-Pacific region, um, the Z-pole actually is a top seller by far. I do own a pair yeah. of the trail poles, not this okay. version, the previous yeah. model, and certainly the weight difference. I mean, they're not yeah. overly heavy, but yeah. when you compare them to the carbon fibers, yeah. it, it's a big difference. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so what, what, I mean, overall, what's probably your best-selling pole? I mean, and I know it's going to vary depending on what people are using them this for. This one, actually, that I'm holding right here, which is the Distance Carbon FLZ. So yep. It's a carbon fiber pole, sheds some weight. Um, it has the flick lock adjustment at the top to yep. set for the, your different heights, and it's fully collapsible. And goodness, I feel that yeah, a pair yeah, of them weighs under 400 grams. Yeah, no, they certainly are pretty light, yeah. so I think, yeah, I think they're, the, they're the pair that I'm using at the moment. So. A very specific uh, uh, use pole that we are coming out with for spring 20 is going to be for the trail runner. So this it kind of almost feels like a toy, but it's a, it's a carbon fiber <laughs> oh God, fixed that's length. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the distance carbon. So it's 95 grams, and it's... Uh, all right, I think I think the the tracking industry will very much like those. Yeah, ones. <laughs> yeah, kind of bit of a halo product, but I think there there is a consumer out there, and it's especially yeah. relevant for the trail running market, which is something we're talking more and more yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. So we've been talking to Eric. Eric, you got uh, it. So international marketing manager for Black Diamond. Uh, and again, Black Diamond also do a big range of climbing equipment. Uh, but certainly from the market we're looking at, the hiking market with the poles and the lights, they're probably the best known products. So thanks yeah. very much for your time. Thank you, Tim. Really appreciate it. 
Okay, so now we're talking to Chris, also from Cedar Summit, about the Gerber product range. So tell us a bit about what Gerber is and what they do. So Gerber is um, all about um, creating um, products that can be useful in every day, um, but also about um, sometimes life-saving tools. So something that might seem quite simple. Um, it's about being prepared. Um, you don't know when you might get stuck in a car and you might need your you know, impromptu pen to, to break out through the glass, etc. Yep. Um, in saying that, it could be as simple as you're a golfer, you've got a multi-tool on you, yeah, the wheel falls off your caddy, you've got a, a tool there that can, can you know, fix that and you can get on with your game. So it doesn't necessarily have to be tactical or in your face, um, but it's just about that old scout um, adage of you know, be prepared. Okay, so Gerber produced um, a range of knives and general tools, and there was one in particular that came out this year in, at some of the American shows that, were, that gained a lot of attention. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so we're very exciting. Um, in July last year at um, the outdoor show, we were able to get into, and Gerber have now launched um, spoons and, and cutlery eating tools. So um, it was, there was two products we've launched called the Devour and the Complete. Yep. The Complete is a, is a four-piece um, fork-spoon combo, yep. um, which then can also double as a set of tongs. So it's quite, it's almost a multi-tool of, of cutlery. Um, and as you mentioned, we won a, um, we've won a Red Dot um, Design Award. We won the, um, the Best in Show Award. Um, and we won a, a Gear Junkie Award as well. So it's, um, it's been received very well. It arrived on Australian shores bang on Christmas and yep. we're just getting you know starting to see some distribution and, and there's certainly been a lot of excitement at this year's show. So is that available for sale at the moment or it's just coming onto the market? It is now available for sale. So okay. it's it's in our shed and we're ready to ready to sell. So Okay, and that's a product that a lot of people, particularly those that follow social media, you may have seen it over the last month. Uh, as Chris mentioned, it won a, uh, a Gear Junkie Award for one of the most innovative products that the US showed us recently. Uh, and I think it's a product that looks quite interesting, so it's, uh, it's something we hope to be reviewing over the coming months. Fantastic. Okay, thanks very much for that, Chris. Much appreciated. Thanks for your time. So Cedar Summit, was, as you can see, is a company that has a lot of product in their stable and there's certainly a lot of product we didn't talk about. Um, it was a few interesting things in there that I'm looking forward to over the coming months to, to give, really giving a try out. Um, certainly the highlight for me was the lightweight tracking poles that weigh 95 grams each. Uh, and while they're, they're aimed at trail runners, I can certainly see myself getting use of those from a hiking perspective. The other couple of good products that are worthwhile mentioning are the sleeping bags. Uh, and again, they're a well-known sleeping bag range within Australia. Uh, and the Helinox chairs. Uh, and while I probably won't be a candidate for carrying a lightweight camping chair on my, my tracks, I came across a lot of people on my hikes last year that were actually carrying the Helinox range. They just give that bit of extra comfort, uh, and particularly when you're traveling in wet areas where you don't want to end up getting a soggy backside. Yeah, the thing that I noticed about the Cedar Summit stand uh, was, uh, like Tim said, the the diverse range of products, um, the sleeping bags and the range, uh, quite a growing range of sleeping bags designed for women. Um, and just as a general comment, um, it's a bit of a thing I have at the moment, um, the colour of that stand was just amazing. There was lots of colour and it was quite an interesting stand from that perspective, whereas some of the other stands were, you know, a little bit subdued. Let me just say that. <laughs> 
The other thing worth mentioning is the uh, the black diamond range of headlamps, and headlamps seem to have undergone a, a bit of a renaissance over the last couple of years. We we very much are shifting into uh, the rechargeable range and trying to go away from the um, uh, the throwaway disposable batteries, and that seems to be an industry wide thing, not just with uh, one particular brand or another. Um, black diamond seems to have gone slightly different in what they're doing with their range than what pets will have uh but uh, yeah it's like anything there's no one perfect headlamp at the moment at least anyway that's going to do everyone so whether you want capacity or durability or waterproof um or just the range of features there's a a, a model that's available within the industry that will suit most people um, but you know there's not going to be one that's going to suit everybody yeah so it's sort of trying to work out what, what the most important features are for you. So now we're going to go on to Leatherman. Now, this is a tool, the Leatherman tools, uh, that many people who have been hiking for more than a few months are probably aware of, uh, and they range from the simple and basic through to the very complex. Um, you know, many people can remember the old Swiss Army knives that are still around from, you know, but have been around for many years. This takes us to the next level on, and there really are some amazing tools within this range. Uh, and they have a new product line that is coming through for release uh, onto the market fairly soon that people will be be keen to have a look at. So, uh, an interesting interview this one. Okay, so I'm here talking to Carlos from Leatherman Australia. Leatherman is one of those products that I think just about everybody who has ever gone outdoors knows. Uh, they produce a range of what's best called multi-tools. These are things that have knives uh, and a number of other tools and features and functions that I think you know, most people aspire to own a Leatherman product at some stage. So, Carlos, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. No, my pleasure. Okay, so tell us a bit about Leatherman. Um, I've been very generic in introducing them, but what's so, what's so special about Leatherman products? Look, I think it um, it truly goes back to you know, just over 35 years uh, ago now when you know, Tim Leatherman actually brought out his first Leatherman tool um, and I suppose the evolution of, of quality um, that they've, they've brought into the marketplace in the multi-tool um, sector. Um, you know, and... I guess when you put your name to a product, as Tim Leatherman did, uh, one thing you always wanted to ensure was quality. And and I you know I met Tim uh, last year during the 35 year anniversary tour, and um, you know he said if my name's on it, it's got to be the highest quality. And and that goes back to you know where they're made um, in the same factory or now a lot larger factory in Portland, Oregon, and um, and obviously now what they're bringing to the market with uh, a new uh, a new platform which they call Leatherman Free, so the innovation piece is also there. So quality, which is you know, synonymous, uh, warranties and, and so forth, which we can go into. But you know, now it's what really excites us um, at the moment is the new Leatherman Free uh, platform, which they're bringing out uh, this year. And when will that hit the Australian market, do you think? Look, it, it, it's actually hit the market at the moment. Um, there's been a worldwide uh, launch via e-commerce. So at the moment, uh, consumers can access it. Uh, through leatherman.com.au but uh, it's going to hit retail stores uh, mid-August so we're looking at about 16th, 17th of August uh, yep. in retail stores so people will be able to finally touch it and feel it before uh, you know, making that purchase. Now I mean, I, I did describe Leatherman's as a bit of a multi-tool. Is that the best way to describe him do you think? Or? Uh, yeah look multi-purpose is a great way of describing it um, but I think this new platform you know people have traditionally you know, thought of Leatherman as pliers uh, multi-tool yep. with a, a pliers and uh, 
has been the central focal point, and now that hasn't changed uh, with this new series, but what they've also opened up is new markets, I truly believe, by creating multi-tools with um, a few less features, um, but a bit more nimble and dynamic to cater for, for new markets and not just you know that traditional plier-based model, um, but opening it up to uh, other tools, which uh, but also have that multi-tool function. What tends to be, I mean, there is such a big range of, uh, of, of options within the range. What tends to be your best sellers? And I'll say probably from the outdoor market. So from a, you know, from a hiking perspective, what do people tend to go for? Yeah, look, you know, it's funny you ask that because I always think that, oh, there must be something different. But worldwide, it's still the Leatherman Wave Plus. Um, that is still the uh, high-selling uh, Leatherman tool by units around the world and also here in Australia. But what we're finding in the hiking market is some of the lighter tools. Um, So, you know, if I think about Leatherman Signal, it's quite popular. It's a little bit lighter, uh, a few less tools, um, but the ability to, um, you know, obviously, you know, when we're hiking, weight is very important. So you're thinking the signals, the skeletals, uh, once again, still the plier-based models, um, but, you know, made of different materials, you know, compressing a few of the tools down a little bit and, um, and eliminating maybe something you don't need on those uh, hikes, uh, which, you know, enables, you know, the uh, people out there in the hikers not to carry so much weight. So that's probably skeletal and, and the signals are probably the two most popular ones for the hikers. I must admit, I've got, I, do, I do actually own the Leatherman. I've had it for five years, six years, uh, and I think skeletal does sound familiar. And I think I, I went for what's a lightweight option that's going to give me what I need. So Yeah, look, yeah. grams matter in, uh, for you guys and... Uh, you know, the, uh, yeah, the gram difference is important. So, yeah, look, it, it's all about, you know, sometimes, you know, do I really need the full gamut of tools that the Leatherman Wave Plus or the Super Tool have or do I just need maybe a cut-down version? And, and yeah, and obviously the, uh, the gram factor comes into play. So, I mean, as a, as a general guide, what's the range uh, uh, price-wise with a – and I suppose weight-wise on the Leatherman tools in Australia – Oh look, uh, price-wise, you, know, you can start at an entry level at sixty nine ninety five, and um, and then you can get as far as you know you're looking at three hundred and you know close to three hundred eighty nine ninety five with with some of the tools, and then you can get some special limited edition models which you know come gold plated. So you know, take your pick. Um, Do people actually use them or they just look at them? <laughs> no, look, you'd be amazed to how many. You know, there's a group of people out there called the Leatherman Super Fans who just collect. Uh, Leathermans, and I think they're more of a collector's piece. I'd, I'd hate to see some of those uh, gold-plated uh, Leatherman tools in someone's toolbox, but <laughs> hey, you never know. Um, but from a weight perspective, yeah, look, they they do they do range, but they're all actually quite light. You, you know, some of the the more heavy-duty super tools, which are more for you know maybe a tradies box and a tradesman, um, a bit bigger, and also. Uh, the durability, you know, you can use a hammer on them and, you know, they've all got hammer features, but you really can really smash these things. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're a bit heavier at, you know, over 300 grams. Um, but then you get into your, your smaller, like your micros, you know, your micros, you're looking at less than 100 grams. So, uh, but once again, you, you know, you got to suit what you need. And sometimes you need a bit more of a, a heavy duty tool because you're hiking for a few days. You just don't want maybe a, a small micro because it's not going to do everything you need it to do. Yep. Um, yep. That's more of a pocket tool as opposed to a multi-purpose tool that's going to, you know, come, you know, I suppose, you know, Ben Rivera, uh, the CEO of Leatherman out uh, of the US, always says you don't really know what you need a Leatherman for until you get one and actually use it. You go, oh, that's what I needed it for. So, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all up for the user. All right. So we've been talking to Carlos from uh, Leatherman Australia and as I said I, I've owned a Leatherman and, and had one for a number of years and it's one of those 
uh, aspirational products that every keen outdoor person wants to own at some stage. Uh, so we'll put some information up and some photos up on our show notes of where you can get Leatherman tools uh, and um, some uh, hopefully some photos of the newer product to be released. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just to show people what that new range is like. So thanks very much for your time, Carlos. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Okay, so that was uh, our interview with uh, Leatherman Australia. Um, again, it's one of those tools that most people recognise, even if they, they haven't touched or seen. Uh, and we were touched on the fact that their new product, the Leatherman Free, is just about to hit the Australian market, uh, at least in the retail stores, will be fairly soon. And these, these are a tool that's designed to be operated one hand. So you don't necessarily have to hold the bulk of the tool with one hand and then pull a particular tool out. So it's, it's one of those sort of things that um, uh, they're a nice looking tool as always. Uh, and I think it's uh, the, the, the new model, the new Leatherman 3 is going to be very popular. Yeah, it's a nice uh, usability in, improvement, I think. Yeah. Okay, so on to our last interview now, and this is with Frontier Equipment, um, and again, another company that, that carries a number of different products, and we've targeted three specific products in this interview, uh, and that is the Sierra Design Sleeping Bags, uh, the Gregory Packs, and the Roughwear uh, Outdoor Equipment for Dogs, <laughs> so something just a bit different. So we're here with um, James Poole from uh, Frontier Equipment, and Frontier Equipment do a number of brands, and we're going to talk about a couple of those today. So thanks very much for taking the time, James. It's all right. Talk to him. Okay, so the first brand of uh, product we're going to talk about is Gregory Packs. This is a range that's probably not so well known in Australia, but certainly has a very good following in the States where they where they're, they're come out of. So tell us a bit about the, the Gregory Pack range. What's so special about them? Essentially, Gregory backpacks um, are <clears throat> very, very well known for their load carrying capacity, um, fantastic comfort in their sort of response A3 suspension system, the top of the line packs, and that technology is filtered down through all the pack range. And today we're showing off the touch points of the brand and the new packs coming through this season um, using sort of laser cut foam on the, on the hip belts and shoulder strapping and cutting some of that weight, improving ventilation of the packs, comfort when you're carrying this stuff, and moving into more that through walker lightweight sort of heavy lighter weight fabrics anyway from this heavier denier fabrics they've been using in the past and maintaining that comfort for those, those guys and girls so do uh, gregory do a, a full range of packs are they doing from the, the small day packs all the way up to the big exhibition expedition packs? exactly or? we've got a range all the way from 100 liters in the denali right. all the way down to your 16 liter commuter pack with your laptop and a, and a water bottle for work so got the entire range covered all right, and um, so you were saying there's some new new packs coming onto the market. Um, mm-hmm. Are these just revamps of existing models, or are they they whole new models coming through? A combination of both. Yeah. Um, for example, we've got the Nano 16 here, um, showing off at 69.95 recommended retail price. Um, That's and a little commuter pack, is it? Exactly, or? a little yep. commuter pack, top loading, a number of colours, simple back length. You can fold it up, put it in your bag when you're travelling, as well as using it on the train, on on the bike to and from work. Um, as well as that, we've got the new range of Zulus. They've been a heritage product. They've come through the number of previous years, number of generations. Um, every year, they've seen a refinement of the product, um, improving the design features, feedback from customers, feedback from users, and improving it from there. All right. And I think probably one of the names that a lot of people may have heard of is the Boltero. Exactly. Uh, yes. Which has been, that seems to be one of their their long-running packs by the sound of it. It's yes. a name I've always seemed to come across every so often. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Very well-known sort of on... 
numerous sort of review sites, gear junkies and stuff like that, consistently very, very well reviewed for those for those guys and girls. Baltora for the men, Diva for the women. Um, looking for a strong load carrying bag for multiple expedition days. All right, and what's the what's the what are the best sellers for you in Australia in relation to the bigger packs? At bigger least, packs, definitely. Um, Baltora, Diva, men's, yep. women's. Um, respectively, um, 60 litre, 70 litre, 80 litre variants, um, yep. dedicated backlinks, um, fitted very, very well, adjustable within those ranges as well. Um, moving from there, you've got the Amber and Stout range, similar big capacity packs, 50, uh, 60, 70 litres, um, adjustable backlinks. Yep. Um, yep. Very, very easy for people to get them on, on, your, on your back, size them up, get them comfy. Um, Using a lighter weight, light, uh, lighter weight foam, uh, lower density foam, bit cutting the cost of it a little bit, a bit of yep. a cheaper pack. It's at sort of three fifty at a, at a retail price point there. All so. right. Okay, so um, Gregory Packs, as I said, it, it's not a product that's been in Australia for very long. It's only been a few years. Yeah, we've had it for a number of years. Um, Big heritage, obviously, in the, in the states, and, and yep. a huge market in, in Japan and Asia, um, and we're seeing that cut through in the Australian market as well. Okay, yep. So starting to see more and more stores carrying it yeah, through. Yeah, more, more, more pickup. Um, limited edition colorways, seeing people on, on Instagram and stuff like that. Definitely in, in the Asian markets, they they love their you know unique patterns and things like that. So Gregory are working to get that out there as well. Okay. Now, one of the other products you also deal with is the Sierra Designs product. Now, mm-hmm. Sierra Designs, probably in Australia at least, are better known for their sleeping bags and their tents. Yes. Um, so, tell us a bit about the Sierra Designs sleeping bags. Yes, yeah, so the sleeping bag range has seen a bit of a, an overhaul in the last 12 months or so with some new models coming through. Uh, seeing updates on some classic designs and some redesigns of, of a few products. So, working from, I guess, the top down. We're looking at the Nitro Slipping Bag, which is a traditional mummy-shaped bag, uh, 750 loft down, um, got a patented foot box design, so it actually splits away from the bottom where your feet are, uh, making it very, very easy to regulate your body temperature in the bags, and this sort of design features sort of reflected all the way through the range, all the way down to their sort of entry-level bags. Um, the other thing they've won multiple awards for uh, Aura in America is the Cloud Slipping Bag, um, completely, completely zipperless. So no zips, um, very, very comfortable to sleep in, as well as a comforter-style duvet on the top of the bag. So you can roll around, have it over your shoulder, sleep on your side, sleep on your back. Um, very, very comfortable bag to sleep in. Um, all have sort of integrated mat sleeves in the back of the bag so you don't roll off your mat in the middle yep. of the night. Um, and sort of extra features in there that make it a more comfortable, livable bag to and be they, in. And they do a range of... Uh, I suppose warmth ratings do they? Exactly. Warm, yeah. Sizes and, um, and ratings. They've got women's sizes, regular and longs, as well as sort of temperature ratings. Um, so every, they normally work at about a zero degree bag as their sort of standard standard bag, and then a, a warmer warmer bag um, for so colder climates, and that's sort of normally sitting around minus, minus 10, minus 12 at a, at a comfort limit there yep. uh, at the EN rating system. So yeah, very, very comparable across other brands as well at that same temperature rating. Okay, and that's, I'll spring this on you because we're having a bit of a chat to it before we started uh, doing the interview. You also uh, look after the Roughwear product yes, as well. Yes, we do indeed. Now, Roughwear is a range of gear for 
dogs. So yes. if you're taking dogs hiking or out bush and you want, want them to do a bit of the load carry. Yeah. Uh, and we, we, we were recently talking to Lucy Barnard, uh, who's walking from South America, bottom of South America, North America, and she's outfitting her dog Wombat with Roughwear gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a bit about Roughwear. Yeah, Roughwear Heritage um, sort of started in America in, in the outdoor space. The gentleman who owns the company was, uh, needed a, a collapsible bowl for, for his dog when he's out in his van and travelling around the, around the country and brought it to an outdoor show and from there the brand started with a collapsible bowl uh, moved into float coats and life jackets for dogs where rafting accidents with dogs and through through whitewater rafting um, into a full full outdoor range and collection from, from ski touring and drawing to running and trail running um, active pursuits and then also recently into like the assistance dog and, and working dog range as well um, so there's something there for any dog owner really from from little boots to protect the paws all the way through to a running harness and a pulling harness or assistance harness to help help i think it's one of the things that people often tend to forget if you're walking on a on a hot road and you can't and you're struggling to cope with the the heat of what you're what's coming through your feet so are the dogs exactly exactly um, so i think uh, you know protecting the dog's feet from the heat or from rough conditions particularly if you're doing mm. the longer distances is mm. probably a good idea and that's what we found with lucy and wombat through the walk and, and you know in the middle of the desert, it might be 30 degrees during the day, and wombat's feet, paws are just getting a bit too hot, a bit too sore. And at the night time as well, it's getting down to minus 5. They need something warm for the dog as well. So that's where the, the coat and the, and the backpack come in there for the dogs. All right, that's good. Thanks very much for that, James. No worries at all, Tim. So we've been talking to James from uh, Frontier Equipment. Uh, as we said, uh, Gregory's Packs, uh, Sierra Designs, Sleeping Bags and Tents, uh, Roughwear, as well as a few other ranges of products as well, which aren't so hiking-specific. But again, a lot of uh, a lot of product on, on show here. And we'll put the photos up on the show notes uh, and links where you can find the gear as well. Okay, thanks very much. No worries well. Thank you. Okay, so that was our last interview uh, out of this two-episode series uh, with Frontier Equipment. And so we were looking at uh, Gregory Pax, Sierra Designs sleeping bags, and something a bit unique, and uh, uh, particularly probably in a worldwide market, not just an Australian market, is rough wear equipment for dogs. Yeah, yeah, the rough wear I think is great. It's a really um, interesting and well-thought-out range, and uh, there are even little booties for um, walking your dog when the weather gets really hot or when the weather's really cold. So, yeah, something to check out. And as we said, uh, Lucy Barnard, who we interviewed uh, uh, about a month or so ago, uh, she's got her dog Wombat uh, and she's uh, uh, fitting him out with rough wear gear. And um, while he may not be aware of it, he's going to be carrying some of his own stuff in the coming in, 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 the, in the coming months. So, yeah, um, uh, so yeah it's, it's a, it is a very unique product. Okay, so that was the end of this two-episode series. And from my perspective, this is the third year that we've attended uh, and I learn new things uh, all the time. I mean, I follow uh, blogs and, and industry you know, information quite uh, religiously, but uh, you always tend to pick up stuff by talking to the importers and the manufacturers that you don't tend to pick up uh, by, stu- uh, by uh, reading online. So uh, there was certainly a lot that I learned out of this show. The people that work within the industry in Australia um, are a good bunch of people. They really are. We didn't come across anyone who didn't want to talk to us, who um, was um, particularly 
um, uninterested. Uh, they are all very passionate about the products they uh, they sell, and obviously they're trying to sell products. But you could tell they were passionate about it without the need to to drive sales. So, yeah, and I think the thing that I liked is that you know the the passion came from the fact that. Um, they they really believe that these are the sorts of things that people are looking for. So so you know uh, people in their market um, will be interested in and uh, mm, combination of need and want uh, in their outdoor um, hiking kit. So you know if you're thinking about new equipment, if you're thinking about um, something you've been looking at buying for a long time, uh, you know as I said, there's a, there's a lot of new product uh, either just come online or about to come online. So get out there and, and have a look at the show notes, see what's available. It might might suit your needs, uh, but just get out there. That's all for this week's episode. Next week's episode will be on sleeping mats. And this is an episode we had had hoped to get to air earlier this month, uh, but had to delay it for personal reasons. So um, we're going to go into sleeping mats in detail, uh, talk about the hows and whys and and what you should look for. Uh, And we've done a number of reviews that will go along with that. So hopefully you'll find that interesting. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.